On today's installment of the College Loop, we've got Rivals.com writer Caleb Jones on the show to talk a little Auburn spring football. He's talking DBs. He's talking newcomers. Got a lot of fun stuff in that interview. Auburn baseball extended their win streak to six after two midweek victories over UAB and Jacksonville State. Auburn softball gets walked off by Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Gymnastics coming up. Got a lot of fun stuff. Men's hoops opening up SEC play this evening, SEC tournament play rather, and we've got a lot more right here. You're listening to The College Loop. Hey, you know what to do when you're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 33 of the College Loop Podcast, or the KJ Britt episode. There but you yes, go. We are the number one podcast for all things Auburn interviews, pre previews, recaps, and predictions, too. Why not? We're we're undefeated in those two. Why not? We might be. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we have a great interview coming up with Caleb Jones of Rivals.com. And right before we get to that, talk about a little A-Day coming up in just a month. Hey, imagine a big day for Auburn in general because we got athletics. Auburn athletics. Yeah, we got a day. Time is to be TBA. It'll be announced sometime next week. But also that day, you also got Auburn baseball. You got the Frank Thomas statue is probably the biggest thing of that entire day, probably. Uh, but you're gonna have eighty-seven thousand fans in attendance for the a day game, and I feel like I am lowballing with that one. <laughs> But of course, yeah, I'm always joined today by Harrison Tarr and Daniel Locke. There we go. So, how are you boys doing? Go ahead, Daniel. I'll let you answer first. A little reverse action we got going on. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, very excited for this. Um, that could be covering Auburn in the SEC tournament. And hopefully, I get to have a nice long weekend here in Nashville. And I'm not heading home tomorrow because if Auburn loses, I'm out. That's right. Hey, last time I was in Nashville for the SEC tournament, COVID struck. So let's just be happy I'm not there because apparently I'm I'm very bad luck for the universe. But yeah, just just wash your hands, wash um, your hands, and uh, and wear a mask. I guess thank God we don't do that anymore. Before we get to Caleb Jones and Auburn football, big announcement on the College Loop: We have a winner for our Bree Ellis autographed Auburn branded softball. Drum roll, please. You know that scene from uh, from Christmas Vacation, uh, out, out out in the front with uh, Chevy Chase's mom. Just, anyways, <laughs> congratulations to at ATL Sports Gal. You are the winner. We will notify you shortly and make sure we get your information to send you this awesome softball. Once again, a huge thank you to Bree Ellis for signing this one for us, taking care of us, and and, and always. The whole Ellis family just being so good to the to the program, friends of the program, friends and family of the program, one might even say. <laughs> and and uh, big congratulations to at ATL Sports Gal. We appreciate all of you guys. Welcome to our new listeners. We actually <laughs> grew a lot this week. Very excited for you guys. And we've got a whole lot of fun stuff coming up so soon on the loop. But right now, we're going to rock out on this episode. Let's throw it over to ourselves and Caleb Jones of Rivals.com. Yes, it is now my pleasure to welcome in writer for Rivals, also a Bucky's enthusiast and friend of the program, Mr. Caleb Scoob Jones. Caleb, how you doing, bud? Good to good to hear from you. Good to have you back. Well, I was trying on my several Bucky's hats earlier. You guys saw that. So Bucky's enthusiast, very true. I do write for Rivals. Those are also 
also true statement. So uh, always good to be on the College Loop podcast with the boys. You're in some you're, you're in some pretty good company this week, Scoob. And uh, I, 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 people are saying that this is our biggest interview we have of the week. Uh, so this is the, the, that's the way the rumor has it. So you're you're important important I guess high value real estate around here. So we're we're, we're glad that you're you you decided to spend your evening with us. Oh, absolutely. We're we're in the middle of our spring football series where we're doing breakdowns of uh, position by position, uh, I guess groups uh, through. Hugh Freeze's first spring with with this team, and there's a lot of newcomers. You mentioned it before we started recording. We're talking DBs today, Scoop, and 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 we're really looking at. I mean, this might be, in my opinion, the deepest position on this team, and 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 really what could be after surprisingly after last year, what could really be a strong point for the for the Auburn defense, and we're we're so used to it in, in in recent memory, I guess recency bias that that front seven really really holding down that Auburn defense. I think that this year that secondary really could be something special. And I mean, I'm a huge, I'm a kindly truther and, and have been since, since Auburn signed him. And, and I'm going to go ahead and open up the floor to you. What are some names coming in and, and newcomers to the program, whether that be transfers or, or class of 23, that you're really looking at, at making an instant impact at Auburn and uh, in, in that secondary this year? I mean, there's a ton of names uh, that are coming in. Zach Etheridge, did a phenomenal job uh, even through the coaching change of recruiting these guys. And now you have a uh, crime dog coach crime coming in. So that's another, just another outstanding member of this new staff. Uh, that's only going to elevate this defensive back room. Uh, but yeah, you have a ton of talent coming in into this Auburn secondary that are, that are going to be able to hopefully contribute uh, right away, whether that's, you know, playing a couple snaps or, you know, maybe even winning a starting job. I, I think that that may be more unlikely than it is likely for a lot of these guys. I think you're still going to need some development, obviously, sure. but you you could see some guys that start making an early impact. Uh, I mean, it's like you mentioned, kindly. He's a name to watch. He's he's here already. He's participating in spring practice. Um, but you do have a lot of guys that haven't quite made it to Auburn just yet. Uh, that they'll be here in the fall and uh, in the summertime. Guys like, I mean, Tyler Scott, uh, Sylvester Smith, and and Holton Hood is another name that you could throw out there. I mean, these sure. are all four star guys that, I mean, Kyan Lee was committed to Ohio State for flipping on on signing day. Uh, same Sylvester Smith was a Tennessee commit. Uh, these are some guys, along with Terrence Love, you know, another guy who was actually committed to Auburn for a while. Uh, he's, you know, been committed since last April before signing. So that's a guy that Auburn's uh, hung around and, and stuck on to. Uh, so you do have a lot of guys coming in. That, those four are not the only ones uh, headed to the Plains either. So you do have a lot of guys coming in, a lot of really high caliber, a lot of highly rated prospects right out of high school that, that Auburn's going to have a chance to, to really, really get an impact and, and really get into the program uh, kind of immediately into what Hugh Freeze is hoping to build under two phenomenal assistant coaches in Zach Etheridge and, and Coach Grime. Sure. And I guess talk, talk about those newcomers some more. Uh, I don't know if it'd be easier to ask if it wasn't, if you dis, uh, discount uh, kindly for right now, uh, which of these newcomers do you think could be an immediate starter or a starter come the fall? Are you talking like with the, like excluding Kai and Lee? Excluding yeah, Kai and ex- Lee. excluding Kai and Lee. That's what I meant to say. I think I think your your most impactful guy could be Tyler Scott. 
Uh, I mean, this is a guy who, who was originally committed to Arkansas State. Uh, and then he put together just a phenomenal senior season of, you know, just really good football. And, and teams started taking notice. That's when that's when Auburn got in the mix, Alabama, Texas. Uh, a lot of these, you know, highly touted programs, that's when they really stepped in and started recruiting this guy. Uh, and he he jumped. He I mean, his his stock just exploded. He went from I believe he used I, th- I believe he was a two star at one point. Uh, and by the end of his season, I think we had him rated as a four star and one of the best DBs in the country. Uh, he was uh, under armor All-American, I believe. Uh, he played in the All-American game for the All-American Bowl down in San Antonio. Uh, so this is a guy that, just like the last year, he's he put in the work and he has just exploded as far as you know talent wise and and what he's able to do on the football field. Um, and I, I I can only see that going up once he gets into Auburn's program, Auburn's weight room, uh, and is coached under Auburn's coaches. So Tyler Scott would be a name I'd say outside of Kyan Lee uh, to really watch his freshman season to see if how how. How many snaps he's able to get? I don't disagree, and I think that there's uh, it's it, you had to exclude kindly in that conversation because <laughs> this this cornerback room, man, it's deep and and it's talented. And and Daniel, I know you've got got a little bit to expand there, so I'll give it to you. Sure. So, um, Caleb, how can these new guys kind of compete and match with DJ James, Jalen Simpson, guys like that who have been in the program for a little while um there's been some highs there's been some lows just kind of how do you see them competing there well I mean you have a couple of veteran guys uh like you mentioned and that's only going to make these young guys better um because immediately you already have somebody who's been through the highs the lows like you mentioned somebody who can relate to these guys and really just kind of take them under their wings and make them the best football player they possibly can um, because it, they don't have to go in and have that pressure of starting right away. Uh, they can take a couple of games, you know, take a couple snaps to really watch and observe the veteran guys, guys uh, like, you know, DJ James, who, who could be a, a future NFL draft pick, uh, you know, uh, just to sit back and be able to observe and be in the same room. That makes everybody in that room better, uh, especially being a young guy who, who you have a lot of potential with this class. So just being in the same room, I think, automatically makes you a better competitor. Uh, you saw it with Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bigsby on offense. Um, just being in the same room together makes makes everybody better. Uh, competition is what drives people, and you're, you're going to see that heading into the fall with the, this DB room. I think that this is a prime example of iron sharpens iron, right? Because even if you look at the, the newcomer, put the newcomers aside for a second here, there's still – a lot of a lot of guys that, that have been in the program that are expecting to to be a part of this. I mentioned a minute ago. I mean, where does JD Rim fit in here? You've got Jalen Simpson and Donovan Kaufman both coming back and anchoring down the back of that defense at safety. And and, and I don't know that there's a ton of uh, snaps for guys like Caden Bridges, uh, Zion Puckett. I, I know that they got in and saw significant time last year, but you've got Craig McDonald sitting on your back door. A lot of people talking about his development and and Marquise Gilbert. I'm, I'm there, there's a lot of lot of talent that brings different skill sets to each position if if there is such a monster right i'm not sure that i'm not higher on anyone i mean there's your obvious freebie answers are are dj james and 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 and, and jalen simpson is going to rotate in i think nehemiah pritchett scoop i think he could have the biggest step up 
of anybody because if you if you look at in, in Zach Black we talked about it earlier this week on on Lockdown Auburn yeah he's he's kind of a jam you at the line kind of bump and run doesn't really not not a moss 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 you and high point the ball kind of guy I think he got better when Brian Harson was eventually released from the program and he continued to get better every football game am, am I missing something there no you're not I think I'm I'm going to be brutally honest. I think a lot of players got better once Brian Harson exited the program. Uh, you look at Owen Fapo and his PFF grades through the time that Brian Harson was the head coach, um, and he was grading out, you know, high 50s, low 60s. And from those those few weeks that Cadillac was the the interim head coach and was playing Papo maybe in a different in a little bit of a different position uh, for his you know build. Uh, the, a position that Papo can excel in, and his PFF numbers were much improved. A true nickel, uh, a little bit, a little bit greener. Um, so I think, but I also, you know, looking at this roster, looking at this new coaching staff, you know, Hugh Freeze has said before, there is no depth chart right now, and so yes, iron sharpens iron, but guys aren't guaranteed a starting position. I think you're going to see the best player uh, possible doesn't matter if they're a senior, if they're a junior, if they're a sophomore, if they're a freshman. I think you're going to see this defense is going to be built um, for who can fit the position the best and be most effective. Uh, and But I do think you have the opportunity to take a step up because of that wide open slate. You have that opportunity sure. to go in and, and prove that, hey, I can start right now. And this is this. look at what I've done in the offseason. Look at how much I can improve under this new defense, under Ron Roberts. Uh, and and so I think iron sharpens iron, yes, very true. But this is a wide-open slate, so it's anybody's game. I guess just to kind of put a nice little bow on things here, Scoob, I'm, I'm fairly confident that Dylan and I are going to have the same kind of rotation that, that we have in mind. And Dylan, you can correct me, but we kind of have the similar mind here. I think your, your given at, at corner is going to be DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett. And, and and after that, I I think that I think you see Kai and Lee as that as that third guy rotating in. Then I, I think it's JD Rim. I'm, I I don't feel great about that. It could be Jalen Simpson. Uh, and then after that, I I guess you you go Austin Osbury. Am I missing something there? Does that that sound about right? I, I think I think you're pretty close. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of the veteran guys fill those starting roles just because they've been there. They're more developed. Uh, they're more fit. Uh, right now to play college football because the jump from high school football, even if you're playing at the highest level uh, of high school football, 7A, 6A, whatever, uh, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, wherever football is big, uh, the jump from high school football to college football is still uh, in, insanely large. You know, you can be there, there, you can be really fit. Um, but at the second you get the getting into a college weight room getting onto a, a college football nutritionist program uh weight building program the gap is the gap is still fairly large so i do think you're going to see a lot of veterans um start uh but i do i do think that you might see some of these younger guys kind of rotate in especially because auburn doesn't necessarily start with the strongest schedule in the world you have a tune-up game against umass California is a, a road test, I suppose. California, they're not the best teams, but they're not Pretty the worst team. of teams. The, yeah, they're not. They're somewhere. I'd say they're somewhere in there between, uh, just below average. But I, I don't know. Like that one, that one could go either way, just because 
we don't really know what this Auburn team is going to look like. You know, I don't think last year's team goes into California with a win uh, and, and wins that game, you know, but this year's team, maybe. Uh, I think they have a good chance at that. And then you've got, uh, I believe it's Samford is their third game. So you have those those early opportunities for guys to get rotations in, especially if you're playing UMass or Samford. If you're not, if you're not able to get rotations in uh, for your young guys, something's not something's not going great uh, within those first three weeks. But you have plenty of opportunities, I think, early on in the season to, to get some of these young guys in, get the get that experience. Um, and then, like this team, you can only go up. I mean. Last year was pretty bad. It's not nearly as bad as 2012, um, but this is this is a rebuild. Uh, for this is a rebuild by Auburn standards. Five and seven is not the Auburn standard, and it sure. has not been uh, ever. The Auburn standard has always been, you know, they're, they they want to go to SEC championships. They want a chance to play for a national title. This five and seven is not it. Uh, this is a rebuild. This is anybody's chance. So uh, I think that's what you're looking at when you head into next season. Sure. Well, guys, I, I think that that's that we got our questions answered. And, and Scoob, it's always a pleasure to talk ball with you. Let everybody know where they can find your work, love you, support you, all that jazz. Yeah, we are on uh, – I'm on AuburnSports.com. We're a division of rivals. You can find me uh, there doing recruiting coverage, uh, women's basketball coverage, although it's not going on anymore, uh, and softball coverage. If you want to hit me up, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at J underscore rivals. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. That's where you can find my work. And, uh, yeah, it's been great being on the College Loop once again, my hmm. favorite podcast. Friend uh, of next the program. To the rundown. Next to the rundown. I'm sorry. I do have to I do have to give a shout-out to our, our podcast. But uh, the rundown brought to, you by, second. brought to you by Voodoo Wing Company. Oh, yes. Voodoo is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Scoob. It's been a blast. Let's throw it back to ourselves, Dylan. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Yes, a big thank you to Caleb Jones Scoob, as we like to call him, friend of the program, reoccurring guest, all that fun stuff, whitewater rafting and kayaking superstar. And he told us some really cool stuff that he's got going on in his professional life and personal life, I guess, if, if they kind of mesh together. The, we will definitely make sure to plug once Caleb gets that stuff up and running. Excited for him and his his future. And right now, Auburn fans are excited for Auburn basketball and their future. That starts this evening against Arkansas. Let's call a spade a spade, guys. This is round technically round two of the SEC tor- tournament. Really, round one, I, I think the play-in games is kind of like the first four. So I, in my mind, this is mentally, this is round round one, but is actually round two. They will take on Arkansas this evening. Guys, the Tigers just don't match up well with Arkansas, in my opinion. 
And I'm, I'm really curious to get your thoughts. This is not the same Arkansas team that Auburn saw at Auburn Arena or Neville Arena. Excuse me. I'm going to break that habit eventually. Neville <laughs> Arena earlier this season. And Daniel, since you're going to be there in person, I'll let you go ahead and kick it off. Where does Auburn really need to step up in this game in terms of where's the biggest gap in, 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 in talent and, in, I guess, skill? Sure. Um, Arkansas has a lot of players who are tough to defend. Uh, I really think that the first time that um, Auburn saw them, it was just one of those days that every team has for Arkansas. So I don't really think we got a real look at this Arkansas team. Um, it'll be different this time. Obviously, there's a lot more riding on this game. When they played the first time, Auburn was in desperation mode. They just lost to Georgia that week. Uh, it was the first game back in the jungle from winter break. So just pretty much it, everything that could go right for Auburn was going right. The team was locked in and desperate and focused. The students were back. It was a home game. This time, you're in a neutral site, number one. You're coming off a big win, which has – there are pros and cons to both. Um, you're more relaxed because you know you're capable. But at the same time, you don't have that same drive that you would after you take a hard loss. So – uh, what was the question? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I was I was I was more curious just to get your thoughts on, and and you've really kind of already talked about the psychological side of this, but matchup wise, I mean, there's a handful of guys. I mean, Rick, Ricky Council the fourth comes to mind, and 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 Nick Smith Jr. comes to mind. Where's Auburn mismatched here? I mean, where do they really have to play? I guess, for lack of a better term, out of their mind, because I don't I don't mean to sound like a broken record. I just on paper, I don't think they match up great. They don't. Um, the perimeter. <laughs> The, the perimeter is really what I'm watching here because um, Castle can pound from the three-point line, and I don't – I probably shouldn't use it. Whatever. Um, they're a good three-team, and Auburn – they've had games when they've gone off from beyond the arc, but they've had games where they looked worse than I do from beyond the arc. So it's just which of those Auburn teams are we going to get, and are we going to get the defensive juggernaut that this Auburn team was the last time they played? Or are we going to get Janai Broom just lets people blow by him and stands around looking like this as teammates? Like that's those are the two main things I'm wondering about. There's also a key player that's going to be in in this in this game, and and freshman Anthony Black is is just a difference. Yes. He, he may only be averaging twelve point eight eight games uh, eight points a game, excuse me, but he he's a difference maker at six foot seven and a guard. <laughs> he handles the ball, and and we've talked about this a lot this year. Tall guards give Auburn fits. Because Bruce Pearl schemes are small guards. They do. Um, when you have a 5'11 point guard, 6'7 um, feels huge. Sure. So, well, 6'7 is big, but. <laughs> well, right, right. Good for a guard in college. <laughs> but, but it takes a, a big guy, makes him a giant. I think you're right. I think it's also important to note, note and, and Dylan, this is kind of something that I know you, you'll, you'll speak to. Auburn is the best three point shooting team in the SEC as of late, which is. Hard to fathom, I understand, <laughs> but I I kind of think you have to shoot the ball as well as our. I think you just need to go toe to toe with Arkansas, and and I, I can't remember exactly who who mentioned this, but if Auburn can knock down seven threes a game, I think they're in good shape, and 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 I think that that's probably that number needs to be a little higher against Arkansas. Am I am I wrong there? Maybe nine or eight or nine, Dylan. Yeah, I would agree with that, and uh, no. Another stat, you're going to go with like nine. You need to make nine. But I, honestly, you can't be shooting 20-plus. Uh, this Auburn team should stop when they're ahead at points to from shooting the three. If, they sure. are, if they're hot, keep shooting it. Why not? 
Right. But when when we see nights where this team has gone like 10 of 31 or not 10 of 31, I'm going to go like 6 of 31. That sounds more like an Auburn team on a bad night where sure. they get far, they get behind by six or seven. And, you know, you hear the commentator go like, well, you don't need a three here, but to the Auburn player mindset going in that, when, when the green has been probably the worst about it, but he's, he's calmed down as of late, which is huge for Auburn. He'll just walk up that three point line or he'll walk, get within five feet of it and just throw up a brick. And then this Auburn team has been pretty bad at offensive rebounding. I, I, I can't really come to mind right now. The last time Auburn led in a game in offensive rebounds, but for this team just needs to play a perfect game. They need to play like they did against Tennessee defense, like they did against Tennessee. You got to trust Wendell green to get those steals. He's averaging two steals a game. Uh, it might be easy to pickpocket a taller guy. It might be easier. Uh, Cause you can just sneak around them. But Janai Broom is going to be a, the key player to the team winning. I'm so glad you mentioned this. I think that a big matchup, if not the matchup, you look at the guard group in general against, against the taller guards, uh, the, your, your group that Arkansas brings to the table. Janai Broom and Makai Mitchell, that matchup is huge. I mean, Makai Mitchell's, I guess, technically listed as having an inch, uh, an inch shorter than Janai. So technically Janai has the height advantage, if, if you will. And 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 Janai did a good job about of limiting limiting Makai Mitchell to six points at at, uh, at the, in the game against uh, Arkansas at Neville Arena. You have to do it again, and I think Janai needs to put up fifteen plus, and otherwise I don't think you win. I, I think that's one of those things. And guys, I mean, I know that Jay Will has has been a, a double figure guy night in night out for Auburn. It's another one of those times, like if you're going to find someone that can stroke the stroke the three and then also shoot that mid range and can kind of hit that mid range jumper and or that you know sky hook that he's gotten very good at, and it's kind of in his staple, he kind of just needs to say, "Give me the rock," and 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 I think you're it's it's forwards. We talk about guards a lot. I think this this game's a lot. Can your forwards outplay their guards? <laughs> Which is that's hard for me to say <laughs> and, and hard for me to think about. It's postseason. Let's talk picks. Um, and 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 let's let's go ahead go ahead and and and, and talk. Who else taking Auburn here? Okay, I'll be the bold one. I'll stand mm-hmm. alone among among the rest because I think what I saw from that Tennessee game was huge. Uh, I think Arkansas. I mean, I'm taking them too. But <laughs> okay, I was only raised by hand, so that's what I was. But I'm looking at it from Ricky Council on this Arkansas team is also a baller, but sure. defensive wise. It's really hard to score on Auburn no matter what. I mean, all, sure. every time Auburn's lost, it had to be because of one player had an out, absolutely out-of-this-world game. I mean, Javon Quinterly is not much taller than Wendell Green is, and he kind of went off, and we were not expecting that at all. But sure. I'm looking at it from Zepp Jasper. It, it's really hard to get by Zepp Jasper. And when I say it's really hard, I mean it is really hard to get by Zepp Jasper. And off the bench, Katie Johnson's been playing very well defensively. Uh, he kind of took a step back offensively. You kind of hope that he fixes that because he was one of Auburn's better players for about a five-game stretch there, and you kind of wanted to see that back. But Alan Flanagan has been pretty well defensively. Janai Broom is the block. Alan Flanagan has been good since tweet. Oh, Alan yeah. Flanagan has been good. It, it's time to talk to your kids about the fact that Alan Flanagan has played the best basketball we've seen of him since probably 2020. Yeah, I can't cannot agree with that more because he just – He's outperformed uh, what we kind of uh, thought he was at the beginning of the season. 
it took a while for him to get back into the the freshman or sophomore year Alan Flanagan that we got used to seeing for a little bit. But I'm looking at the bench, and that's where my uh, loyalty. Concern. Yeah, my rules. Uh, yeah, words. That's where my concern comes from. Is because I've preached about it week in, week out, day sure. after day. This bench has got to put up some points. I mean, Alior Berman putting up a three every now and again is okay. He's got uh, consistency is key. Uh, you got Johan Treyor is going to have to put up the points because he's going to be getting that, uh, getting more minutes with Dylan Cardwell being gone. And I'm looking at also Katie Johnson got to put up points and Trey Donaldson. Uh, he's going to have to take over whenever uh, Wendell Green gets tired and the guys are leading on him both defensively and offensively. And he's been a pretty good distributor. But again, points, points win the game. I mean, yeah, if you score more than the other team, you'll probably win most most of most games you play. <laughs> exactly. I'm taking the Tigers and and I'll tell you why it's Janai Broom. And 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 that's I'll keep it short and sweet. Daniel. Uh we, you're taking the Tigers. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, well that's a jinx. <laughs> sure, why not? My, well, the the three's a streak. So sorry guys, uh, for those of you Auburn fans, it's uh it's our fault. Let's keep moving. And speaking of streaks, let's talk Auburn baseball. For, for a second here and and wow extending their their win streak to 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 six and and jacksonville state played a closer game with auburn than i think a lot of us imagine but we said this going into this week this was not a cupcake slate for 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 auburn and and and, and they took care of business i mean you give up four combined runs in two games um almost had a no-no on tuesday night let's not forget the no-hit bid yeah that um, chase also may or may not have sold but uh, that happens. I think that there's something that there's an underlying storyline here, guys. First, first off, I'll start with Connor Copeland. I'm going to get to Tommy Vale here in a second. Connor Copeland had a hell of an outing against Jacksonville State. You can't control the fact your offense isn't getting hits. Yeah, uh, it was a five innings pitch. No, it was a no hitter. He had one walk. That was that was like his only like. Connor bad, Copeland bad against against Jacksonville State tonight. Yes. I believe yes. he only had one walk. And that one was hit. like his only – he had a hit. One hit. Oh. First, first thing. But pitched himself out of a couple of jams when he got some runners on base for walks. Thought he looked composed the entire time. I think he's going to be one of those pieces that if you need him in a weekend series to come out of the pen, I think he can do it. If you need him to spot start on a Sunday, if if a Joseph Gonzalez, if, if his shoulder's bugging him again, which – by the way, putting that out there, it's he's he'll be fine. He's going to play against Arkansas. <laughs> For those of you, those of you curious, I've been very impressed with Connor Copeland. But gentlemen, I'm I'm ready to say it. Damn it, throw Tommy Vale on a Sunday. Oh, dude, you are so not wrong about that. Tommy Vale has impressed me. I think he was the the no hitter I was talking about against. He UAB. was you were you were mixing him up with the UAB game, and 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 that was the no hit five and five point two innings. Gave up two walks, and that's when Butch decided to yank him. You're in the sixth. If you're walking now, it's just time to get out. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, he is just – I mean, eight Ks, commanding his pitches. He doesn't have the velo that your guys like a Joseph Gonzalez has. He doesn't have the velo of your closing guys, like your John Armstrongs, your setup guys, whatever. But his pitch command has been impressive. Daniel, I'm not overreacting here. I think Tommy Vale could be a Sunday guy. He could be. Um, he's shoving it right now. and. Just, you know, I've been watching baseball for 18 years now. And he's just, uh, he reminds me of some of the best pitchers I've seen. I really like his mechanics. I really like his windup. And I really like his delivery. 
So just some more development. I'm not I'm not over exaggerating, guys. I think this guy will get drafted soon. I think Tommy Vale some some team is going to look and say his velo is not necessarily where we want it to be, but he's got great stuff. He really does. Yeah. And and I, I'm telling you, I don't be surprised if by SEC play he's a, he's your Sunday spot start or your Sunday guy, because with also kind of taking a little bit of a regression, which that leads me to my next point. Tuesday was the Chase Allison revenge. Hey, I'm still here tour. <laughs> um, I know he came in and blew the no hitter, but that's that just that's getting overblown. Tommy Vale could 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 very well beat that guy coming down the stretch. Let's talk also for just a second here, guys. And I know that this is a little pitching heavy, but if you look at the box score, I mean, uh, well, <laughs> there's probably a reason this is a little pitching heavy. Auburn only scored 10 runs in, in, the, in the midweeks. Let's not forget these are teams that have always tripped Auburn up. D- Dylan and I were there in person when Auburn lost to Jacksonville State at Plainsman Park last year in the midweek. Yeah. Um, and that's not me saying that this team's better than last year. I think they are, but I'm not saying that. I want to talk for a second about Chase Alsop, who comes in. And I would like to argue that coming in in the middle of a no-no bid, a combined no-no bid is equally as pressure, almost as much pressure as coming in in one of those you can't give up a run situations. Like late game, he comes in and he and he throws a couple innings, walks a couple, gets into a little bit of a mess, gives up one run, but just doesn't lose his composure. And and Dylan, you and I talked about this earlier today on the Auburn Daily Show. Daniel, I think that also kind of got it done, and he doesn't have his best stuff right now. No, he doesn't. He's been struggling a little bit, but like you said, he still came and got it done. So he's still got that clutch factor to him, and his primary pitches weren't working, but he still found a way to get it done. And and, and he's got that slider that's just impossible to hit, but he's it's he's not p- putting it where he wants to right now, and he's finding other ways. He's using his fastball. He's using his changeup. There's something to be said for getting into, into the bullpen and, and getting the opportunity to come out of the bullpen in a midweek situation where you can go in and say, hey, there is pressure. You want to win every single game, but a little pressure's off. Then you, then you put them in a no-hitter. Go figure, right? But <laughs> you get the opportunity to really work from a mechanic standpoint. You don't need to throw six innings. You don't need to throw five innings. You really don't even have to throw three. So you have this opportunity to kind of work on, on your fundamentals. And, and I thought also did that and, and had the opportunity to kind of be like, okay, Here's where I'm at. I don't have my best stuff. How do I work around it? And that's invaluable. Yeah. Bryson Ware's been on a tear. <laughs> Offensively. Absolute monster of a human being. I Is it what? Five home runs in seven games? He is. Yes. No. Six and eight. The six and eight? Six and eight. Oh, am I? Oh. Yeah. Was so Bryson Ware has been until tonight. <laughs> Who, which which he played fine, reach base tonight, has been the Auburn offense, not named Ike Irish, and and I mean consistency wise, I mean we we know about a certain other guy that can stroke the long ball, oh, uh, yeah. put, poke the ball out of the yard, <laughs> but Bryson Ware could mess around and find himself living in that three hole. Your most consistent hitter, your guy that you're most confident is going to get on base every single time he comes up, statistically or just vibes. I think Bryson Ware may wind up being, I mean, don't, he may wind up being first team SEC and he's going to get drafted. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he joins a lot of people. I think like, if Cole Foster keeps up how he's been playing, I think he'll also be in that kind of conversation as well. Sure. Just because the infield defense with, because I'm looking at Bryson Ware for defense too. The infield defense has been phenomenal. And I mean, I can even talk about the fact that Ike Irish played pretty daggum well at first baseman and he's a, 
catcher by trade. I thought he played kind of average, but he did fine. I mean, I was going back and forth watching basketball. From what I saw of Ikara, she was playing pretty daggum well on both sides of the of the baseball. I watched Ike almost do a full split tonight in Jacksonville at Jacksonville State, so that was kind of funny. And he got up, and you could see he was like, oh, that was not fun, not what I wanted to do. I hate another I another first baseman at Auburn that is smoking baseballs, um, excuse me, smoking uh, balls on the on the diamond. Um, Brie Ellis hit the wall today in Atlanta, and I thought she poked it out of the yard, which would have, in the grand scheme of things, been probably the difference maker, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Auburn softball fell to to Georgia Tech today, and or yesterday as the show's coming out. Two to one, I got walked off, and man <laughs> – what a crappy way to depict how dominant Maddie Penta has been. She comes into this game with an ERA of zero. And then her first run she gives up is a solo bomb, which, I mean, I don't even think she hung the ball. I just think that someone went out and got it. And I, mean, I say, I don't think I know. I watched the game. She didn't hang it. Uh, she was gassed. She was high 80s in pitch count. And Shelby Lowe comes in and, and gives up a, a walk-off homer. And Shelby Lowe's been good. You can't win a lot of games if you only manufacture one run. And in large, Auburn kind of looked lost offensively today. I don't think that this is a characteristically bad problem and something that will continue. As a matter of fact, I'd imagine that Mickey Dean probably had a very non-enjoyable post-game conversation with this group. More than Guys, I don't, I don't think you'd buy – you look too much into this one. No, I think this is them – I don't want to say looking ahead – but they do have a pretty daggum important weekend series coming up in uh, tomorrow as this comes out with Georgia. Sure. So they, they were just kind of stopping by Atlanta for a little, little game before they go on to Athens. I mean, there were a lot of mistakes I saw this team make. Uh, one of them was, I can't remember the runner, but when they told her to turn on third and that's I a coaching she, error. Yeah. That was a coaching error. Because I, I remember as soon as she turned that base, I was like, you should have stopped her. You should have stopped her. Actually, I was watching this game with a coworker of mine. Sorry, boss man, for, if you listen to my podcast, my bad. We were watching this at work. I was like, why did you not hold, I believe it was Aspen. Why did Aspen, you not? Aspen didn't play today. Aspen pinch hit. Anyways, um, I'm almost positive of it. So she pinch hit in the ninth, or not ninth, seventh. So maybe it wasn't Aspen. But regardless. Denver Bryant was pinch hitting. Okay, my bad. Um, regardless. I remember going, why on earth did Auburn send her? You're, the ball's only halfway to the outfield on a one hop, fielded cleanly. You're not going to, you're very few runners are going to beat that out. I can't believe it was close. It was ridiculous. I, I was a coaching I, error. Sorry, I, got, I, I, may have, I may have stood up and uh, had to had to pace a little bit because to me, that's one of those moments where I'm like, that's game. That was game. Oh, it was 100%. And it, and we talked about it. It's one of those moments where you see it every time you watch anyone with that A and AU logo on their helmet or on their jersey or on the whatever. You just like, dang, this seems really good. And then you have a game like football, Jacksonville State in 2015, uh, a couple other sports uh, today with <laughs> with softball. Auburn just finds a way to play down to their opponent a lot. And, and it's something about those colors, it just happens. And you never know what's going to happen, but it, it's going to piss you off a little bit when it does. And that happened today. Uh, but I mean, I look back and I'm just like, if you just stopped her, if you were to didn't tell her to go. It was definitely, Jesse, it was definitely Jesse Blaine. Was it Jesse Blaine? It was definitely Jesse Blaine. Oh, <laughs> I'm she, sorry, hit that, she hit that Homer. 
Yeah, no, but she was definitely the one on base. Yeah. When that when that happened. Sorry. But it just happens. It happens all the time. Auburn. She drew a walk. That's, yep, she was the lead runner because she drew a walk. I'm sorry. Carry on. Yeah, yeah Jesse, Jesse Blaine did hit a bomb early on in that game. I've, it was bothering me to not know. <laughs> yeah, I know how you feel, but Jesse Blaine did hit a bomb in the sixth inning. So kudos to her for being the little bit of offense Auburn had this game. I'm not faulting anyone except for coaching on, on that. Oh, that yeah, part of the I am completely with you. It is all coaching. You stop her whenever you see that ball bounce in the middle of the infield. You stop her. Stop. Especially when base runners have been hard to come by. Yeah. And I just, I look, I'm going to keep saying it. Auburn likes to play down their opponent. No matter what sport it is, it happens all the time. We it's saw, it, saw it in basketball. It's truly remarkable. <laughs> Guys, that's that's pretty much, well, that's not true. I'm going to say that's pretty much all we have. We've got Daniel's little segment here. Not little segment, very important segment. Auburn <coughs> Gymnastics, Penn State at Neville Arena on Friday. Hello? Yeah, Friday. Friday. I can never remember if it's Friday or Saturday. They flip-flop. And then sometimes they Fight go Friday. out. Yep. Penn State is heading to the plains of Auburn, Alabama to go toe-to-toe with Suni Lee. Let's hear what, what, what we got going on, Daniel. Tell, talk to us. Right. So the Auburn Tigers are five and six, and unlike any other sport, like gymnastics, has, who, the record really does not matter. Literally, who cares? Um, exactly. They come into this meet off of a kind of disappointing one last week, falling 197.675 to 196.450 in Lexington. Um, Suni Lee did not compete. Um in this Penn State squad, they haven't been amazing this year. Like I know I just said records don't matter, but they're ten and eight on the year, um, and three and six in the Big Ten. And just the competition that they've been going up against, they lost to Michigan by one point exactly, and that's really the only big name opponent I'm seeing on the schedule. They lost by a point. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. If you don't know in gymnastics, losing what? one point, you 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 got your ass kicked. Yeah, sorry. You, you, you got hear it. me on this show? What are you talking about? Oh, okay. You got your <laughs> ass kicked. Um, so they're coming into Neville Arena on senior night, and I don't think this is going to go very well for the Nittany Lions. And I think this this is going to be a wideout that does not go Penn State's way at all, because Auburn's at full strength, and all the seniors are going to be competing. That means Darion Goborn, Cassie Stevens, Suni Lee's basically a senior, true yeah, or such. Say put a little asterisk. But yeah, just I'm very excited for this meet. Um, I will get to watch it since hopefully I'll be covering Auburn's second round game. And if not, I'll be in the car. So I really, or if Auburn loses to Arkansas tomorrow, I'll be at this meet. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at. If you're back in Auburn, Alabama, last time to see SUNY Lee at Neville Arena. So make sure uh, this is one of those things that if you if you have the means to be able to do it, do it and and make sure and Darion Goborn for that matter. I mean, yeah. I I'm, I'm not trying to leave people off Cassie Stevens. I don't want to I don't want to shy away, but you, there is an Olympic all around gold medalist on this team, and at some point it is okay to just say good night. She's really good. <laughs> um, but yes, there's so much talent, um, and and really the turning point of this program, leaving the program, which leaving it way better than they found it. Yeah. Not that Auburn was ever that bad. Don't get me twisted, but leaving it better than they found it. So very exciting stuff coming up on the Plains this weekend. Auburn will also, Auburn baseball is playing host to, it's eluding me right now. Southeastern Louisiana. Southeastern Louisiana. 
which was, as we mentioned on the show on Tuesday, a team that was in Auburn for the regional last year. So a lot of fun stuff going on on the Plains this weekend. If you're bored, it's your own fault. Waiting to hear about a women's basketball WNIT tournament invitation here soon. I'll talk to Coach Jay the other day. She seems pretty optimistic about it, and uh, she's excited about her appearance on the College Loop coming up soon. I'll go ahead and plug that. Other announcements real quick before we get to getting out of here and letting Daniel go hang out with this with his dad on Broadway. I know he's excited about that. Sunday's show, you're going to want to watch it. And uh, I, I'll go ahead and tell you why. I know for a fact we're going to have Anders Carlson on the show, former Auburn kicker and, and family's Auburn royalty. I think that it sounds like Nick Brahms is going to be joining him. Sounds like they're they're heading to the beach together and that they were both down to hop on the show. Next Tuesday, we've got Owen Papo coming on the show. So we've got a lot of very exciting stuff. NFL draft talent coming on the show. So we've got two potential NFL rostered guys and known outstanding offensive line coach Nick Brahms. Best known for being Auburn center, but Coach Brahms is one of the funnier things. Very excited. I'm going to ask. I'm, I'm going to ask uh, Anders about the similarities between flying a football, uh, flying, how about kicking a football and flying an airplane? And you can you can hold me to that. So a lot of exciting stuff coming up on the loop. This guys, thank you guys, all of our new new listeners, our folks that have been with us since National Signing Day in December. We appreciate every single one of you. Welcome to the loop, like we always say. And and we, we 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 love you guys and we appreciate the support. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and help us get that sub- subscription count up so we can justify making more content. That's what we're here for. Got a lot of excited stuff coming your way. Daniel, tell everybody where they can find your work. You can find me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke, and you can find my written work for The Observer or any of the three Auburn student media outlets. And I, like I said, I will be covering Auburn's however many games they have here in Nashville at the SEC tournament. So follow along for updates. If you're unable to watch the game, I've got you covered on that front. I am at by Harrison Tar on Twitter, just like you're reading my byline. If you want to read my work where you can see my byline, that is at the Auburn Daily, AuburnDaily.com. And you can check it out on Twitter. Make sure you follow the Auburn Daily on Twitter as well. I'm on the Auburn Daily show. See how many times I can say the Auburn Daily in one sentence. Every Wednesday and Friday, Wednesday with the fantastic Dylan Lark, a guy I get to spend no time with. So thank God we get to talk more. Make sure you check out our show earlier today. We talked a little bit of Auburn football, also talked some baseball, recapping this week's midweek games. We've got Friday. I think this week is actually going to be with Dylan again because I think Lindsey Crosby, the legendary Lindsey Crosby, is out of town. But I'm usually with him on Friday, so make sure you support his work and at Locked On MILB Prospects. I think that's all we've got. The rest of my work you can find on the College Loop every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And Dylan will plug the rest for you guys, as he always does. Thank you guys so much. Welcome to the Loop. And of course, yes, I am Dylan Lark, at your boy, The Tank, on Twitter. That is at Y-A-B-O-I, The Tank. I was catching the Auburn Daily Show every Monday and Wednesday. Monday with Lance Daw, Wednesday, of course, with Harrison Tarr. And I guess a Friday, too, with Harrison Tarr as well. So, and also... Listen to, the, uh, listen to the College Loop literally everywhere. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, that is Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And you can also follow us almost everywhere as well. You got YouTube, you got Twitter, you got TikTok, you got Instagram, you got Facebook. Sadly, we do not have MySpace yet. But, with all being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>